Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party and invited everyone that you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. We are the ones who don't know what we're fighting for. Give us a gun and send us all off to war. a badge so they can send us to the moon. Sports 
and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a thin broth. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. You opened the box, and we came. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Season 10 kickoff of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, I have got a glorious panel here with me to break down the shit talk and the shenanigan and all the fight news that is shaking down the pipeline since we saw you folks last. First and foremost, I am your hostess with the mostest, the meter. Meter does many things if you're nasty. Uh, I have got a couple of fine gentlemen here with me to get into it. And before we get into it, gentlemen, how the fuck you doing this evening? Woo, we're back. Fucking look, I love a good bit of time off. But that was entirely too fucking much. That many weeks without fucking kicky punches to talk about. Look, there was stuff on, but not stuff that we cover. So it is it was kind of a drag. Not gonna lie. And look, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not watching sweet science. Fuck that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty fucking good myself. We just remembered we keep on fucking forgetting to introduce ourselves. So slow big 420 here, you know, fucking finally entered the new year, remembered that shit. So you can find me at slow big 420. Fucking glad we're finally getting some fights. Glad to be a part of the fucking pod with you boys again. It's going to be a hell of a fucking year. Hopefully. Go on the pod for sure, but hopefully these fights are for fuck's sake. Agreed. So, in uh, case so anybody knows, I'm not going to say it, but you can read. Unless they're listening. Unless you're listening, then you're shit out of luck. Figure it out. <laughs> so, that being said, uh, we are going to kick things off around here the way we like to with a little bit of, well, I shouldn't say a little bit, with some news and recent events. Uh, as uh, TJ mentioned there, we have been off for several weeks now, so there is a literal mountain of fucking news. Uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with all of the fucking nitty gritty details, the weird stuff and the not necessarily top choice news you can find over on the I'm No Joe Discord. Links down in the description or running along the bottom of the screen. All sorts of fun over there. Be sure to go check that out as well. But the big ones, the ones that are important, including some that literally dropped as we were getting ready to go live. Woo! So we're going to start it right off at the top. Um, the only one that we've got that goes back into 2023, just because it is relevant going forward to how things are going to proceed over there in 2024. The Ryzen New Year's Eve show was absolutely riddled with fuckery from the get-go, from the weigh-ins, with Juan Archuleta missing weight by six and a half pounds and being stripped of his belt and then ineligible to win it back during the fight, then getting absolutely 
fucking leveled to lose the belt once and for all. There was just absolute fucking mayhem on that Ryzen card. We always know there's going to be some kind of weirdness because Ryzen New Year's Eve cards are always strange, but this one with Juan Archuleta trying to make his name into free agency after hopefully securing and defending his belt completely going out the window now, everything in Ryzen is even more shaken up than it was before. That being said, on to 2024 shit. UFC might be in a new year, but they've still got the same old bullshit, same shenanigans like I threw in the title there. So right out of the gate, this weekend's upcoming card has had a massive shift and shuffling go through it. Uh, Ketlin Vieira is out, so the fight with her and Macy Chieson is, undisclosed reasons, completely yanked off the card. Yana Santos, same scenario, undisclosed reasons, her fight, yanked off the card. Uh, Semi the Jedi, Matthew Semmelsberger, is stepping in on, I believe, six days' notice for Basil Hafez, who had to get pulled out again, undisclosed reasons. Uh, then we've got uh, Gene Silva stepping in for uh, Gabriel, who is, again, out for undisclosed reasons. So we've got a whole bunch of fights then down on the uh, understandable or the reasoned side, uh, we've got Joshua Van stepping in on, I believe, nine days notice for Dennis Bondar, who was denied a visa at the last moment. So everything on this weekend's card has been getting shaken up in the meanwhile, waiting for everything to start coming to light here. Luckily, they did manage to get us a full card piece together, which we will talk about a little bit more this evening later in the show. Um in regards to, excuse me, in regards to next weekend's UFC 297, we got word the day before Christmas that Jan Blahovich's shoulder surgery that he underwent did not go as successfully as they thought they were going to be, and he has to undergo a second shoulder surgery, so he is officially out of his fight next weekend, and that is not expected to be rescheduled because they don't know, again, clearly what the situation with Blahovich is going to be going forward. We'll have to wait and see how this shoulder surgery comes out. Rolling with the theme, as if we needed more, uh, Dominic Reyes versus Carlos Olberg is officially also off next weekend's UFC 297. Carlos Olberg has reported a quote-unquote minor injury. They are expecting to rebook that card for Atlantic City March 30th if the injury to Olberg is as minor as they think it is. If not, they will start looking for a new fight for Dominic Reyes. But 297 already taken hits here. Now, the good news is we have got not just a bunch of fights, but a bunch of very tantalizing fights that have been announced in the last couple of days, last week or so here. Starting with the February 24th Mexico City card, we have got a shakeup, we've got announcements, all sorts of shit. So kind of as expected and as rumors have been flying, it seems that they have been confirmed now. Uh, Daniel Zellhuber is officially going to be stepping in against Francisco Prado on that card. They have also confirmed Raul Rosas Jr. will be going down to Mexico City to take on Ricky Tercios, which is kind of an interesting can versus can matchup for what it really is. But the big news about Mexico City was actually just released about an hour and a half ago. Amir Albazi is officially injured and out of the main event, but Moreno remains. And instead, 
we get the rematch that we have all been yearning for since the first one went down. Moreno versus Roy Val 2 will now headline Mexico City February 24th, and I could not be more excited about that fucking card now. Sucks that Albazi got hurt, but the positive side of things, A, this is a much better fight than that had any potential to be, and B, this is a fight that has been needed to be made for at least, what, two years now that we've been all screaming about, so we're finally getting it. We're getting it as a five-round main event, and it's going down in Mexico City next month, and I think that is the perfect fucking matchup to make. I was very happy to read that. Um... February 3rd, uh, UFC Vegas 85 back to the apex after 297 in a couple weeks. Just added Randy Rude Boy Brown versus Muslim Salikov to that card. And that is a very interesting fight that has been rumored for quite a while now. Is now officially confirmed on that apex card here. Uh, March 1st on one championship number 166. Anatoly Malikin seeks to create history. He is currently the heavyweight and light heavyweight champ champ of one FC's MMA organization. He took the heavyweight belt from Rainer de Ritter, who was the heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. When he took that heavyweight belt from Rainer de Ritter, Rainer de Ritter cut and went down to middleweight and took over down there and had that belt. Anatoly Malikin is now cutting down to middleweight, chasing Rainer de Ritter again to attempt to become the first major organizational athlete to be a current three-division belt-holding champion. And if this fight goes anything like the previous fight went, this could make 1FC a very, very interesting place for big men very, very soon, assuming their financials allow them to stay afloat because there's also some buzz going around the watermill that one FC is financially drowning right now. And I don't mean a little bit, I mean a lot. And uh, to the extent that there are people in the professional circles wondering if one championship will be an organization by the end of 2024. So more on that later as it gets to be unfolded, but one FC seems to be at least for the time being plowing full steam ahead. That being said, March 2nd, over on the bare knuckle side of things, Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA has announced officially Alan Belcher versus Junior Dos Santos for the heavyweight championship of Game Bread FC, or excuse me, of uh, Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA taking place. And I think that is a very, very interesting matchup here. I think either JDS still has it and this is a very competitive match or JDS is completely washed and Belcher is going to punch a hole through that funny shaped fucking head of his either way. I'm just enough of a fucking weirdo. I'm here for it. And I'm going to fucking watch. So that being said, um, also on the one FC or excuse me, the one championship one sixty six card, uh, the rematch that a lot of people have been anticipating for that featherweight title Tan Kai versus Tan Lee to the runback. So one one sixty six is absolutely stacking that fucking card starting March out. Uh, but speaking of stacking starting March out, uh, we don't have the official date. We just know as of right now it is quote unquote March specific date to be announced. 
10 rounds of the sweet science itself in possibly the second biggest match we have seen bag not fumbled in the fucking least bit Francis Ngannou is now officially going to box Anthony Joshua with the winner to be taking on the winner of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk for the heavyweight championship of WBC boxing. Francis Ngannou is officially in the conversation and potentially about to fight for the heavyweight championship of boxing. Dana White can go fuck himself. That bag is so far from fumbled. It couldn't be anything other oh my goodness, this one might be interesting because whatever anybody might say about that Tyson Fury fight, Francis Ngannou showed a lot more than a lot of people anticipated. And I don't know that there are many people who follow boxing in the least bit that think that Anthony Joshua is anything in levels compared to Tyson Fury. And if Francis did that to Tyson, boxing math does work better than MMA math. This one might actually add up to Francis taking home an estimated $75 million win or lose. And if he wins, as mentioned, he gets a shot at the WBC heavyweight title. Francis Ngannou may never have to participate in MMA again. Two fights in boxing and he has secured legacy riches. And he's not done because if he wins, you know damn well he's going after Usyk or Fury, whoever the fuck has that belt. Boxing got a lot more interesting in 2024 than it has been in a long time. And we haven't even gotten to any of the good matchups yet. Just the ones that have been announced have already shaken the landscape of the squared circle up immensely. And it's just getting started. We're a week into January, two weeks into January now. Back on the UFC side of things here, a slew of announcements here from these guys. Excuse me. The first one. There have been rumors about this one. Nobody really, everybody thought it was just that. It was officially confirmed by Dana White himself. UFC 299, March 9th in Miami, will officially have a five-round non-title co-main event in the form of Dustin Poirier versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Holy shit. Uh, I don't know who pulled what strings to make that happen, but I am very fucking interested in that fight considering Dustin is ranked number four right now. Saint-Denis is number 12 in the division, and if he bumps off Poirier, you better believe he's about to be in a very short conversation for that next Islam matchup. Still got to get through him, but the fact that this match got made to begin with shows that they see potential in Saint-Denis. The other big pair that came with this announcement here, uh, the first one is a historic announcement, UFC 300, not main or co-main, just being placed on the card. So we're assuming this is going to be a triple title card. Uh, The first all-Chinese title fight in the UFC, Zhang Weili versus Yan Zhaonan. They have officially made the fight they should have made a long fucking time ago. I am fucking here for it. That fight makes the most sense of any in that division potential matchups, in my opinion, and I'm glad that they fucking put it through. I think it's going to be a damn good fight. 
bigger one though in my opinion ironically bigger than the title fight Charles Oliveira versus Armin Sarukian winner to take on Islam Makachev for the belt that unto itself is fucking huge Crazy. Uh, moving on from there. April 6th, Marvin Vittori, the Italian stallion, getting back into the cage, taking on Brendan Allen. That is a very, very interesting fucking matchup, in my opinion, here. That could have very big implications going forward, depending on how that one shakes out. Um, Kind of a weird one. This one was uh, technically announced by the fighter, and then quote-unquote, I'm saying, I'm using air quotes for those of you just listening, confirmed by the opponent, but hasn't been officially announced by the organization yet, even though it made giant splashes. Uh, even if you haven't heard about it somehow, you're going to hear about it now. Conor McGregor himself announced that he will officially be returning to combat June, what the fuck was it? June 29th for International Fight Week versus Michael Chandler. At 185 pounds? Uh, like I said, it's kind of weird because Connor made the announcement. Chandler confirmed that that is what he has been told, but the UFC has not made any announcement to confirm or deny any of this. So it's it's kind of weird. You have to take it with another Connor grain of salt and all of his announcements. But at the same time, Chandler's back in it. So there is some smoke to be seen but we don't necessarily know if there are flames yet so i just wanted to throw that out there because it did happen and if you hadn't heard about it somehow until now you should know that being said we got a pair of interesting and oh sorry i missed one here one last one that i missed uh last minute just came down the pipe this afternoon that's why i missed it uh march 23rd at an apex card it will be a ufc vegas number something uh ultimate fighter Season 31 winner Kurt Hollibaugh has his official UFC debut date against none other than Trey Ogden on that March 23rd card. That was the other one that I missed here. So Kurt Hollibaugh, the latest uh, tough winner, getting his official UFC entry here. We'll see how that goes. That being said, uh, the pair of announcements that we got for one championship where they officially are making two not one but two more u.s soil shows announced and confirmed as of right now september 6th will be one fc in denver and then november 8th is set to be one fc atlanta no fighters or uh, uh excuse me no fights or fighters have been announced for either of the dates just that they have secured both dates for u.s based one fc shows so so long as everything goes okay, that could be real fun because there's a lot of American fighters that fight in one that could be brought over from one or both of those events and make it real interesting. That being said, the last one I have got here for this evening. As of January 1st, 2024, going forward, Octagon MMA, excuse me, as an organization will now officially be using open scoring in all bouts so we now officially have a quote-unquote 
major organization or one of the UFC's organizations who have dedicated themselves to open scoring, which I am a firm believer in flag waiver should be part of all combat sports. If you are fighting another individual one-on-one, you should know at all times in that fight, if possible, where you stand in terms of that fight in between rounds, scores being put up for everyone to fucking see all the way across the board. I think that's the way to fucking go right on to fucking octagon for being the ones to step up and really start trying to get some fucking momentum behind this. That being said, either one of you gentlemen have any news that I might've missed in this uh, weeks that we had off here. Nothing that is pertinent that can't be explained elsewhere. Good deal. Good deal. So with that being said, uh, before we move on, uh, starting here in season 10, I, I have been forgetting quite often previously. So I'm going to start in season 10 here. When we finish the news, I always put it in the post, but I never remember to read it in a damn show and I'm kicking myself for it after the fact. So we're going to start giving the combat sports menu for the weekend up front here because I keep forgetting to tell you guys what all to look forward to in the weekend until it's halfway through the show. If I even fucking remember, we're going to start it up front now. God damn it. So for this upcoming weekend, as is often the case, first thing bright and fucking early for all of you sun worshiping lizards at 7.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 a.m. Central Time, one Friday fights because they're on the other side of the world. Number 47 is taking place. We have got two MMA bouts, one kickboxing bout, and nine Muay Thai fights. So if you need some combats with your coffee, one's got you covered. Flipping back over to the evening side of things, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time, one Fight Night 18. This one will be on Amazon Prime, same stadium, different lineup, five MMA fights, one kickboxing fight, three Muay Thai fights. Again, both of these cards, the average casual is not going to know many of the names. You will appreciate the combat, though. I promise you that much. That being said, an hour after that Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Standard, LFA 174 kicks off. This one, even the casuals will recognize a couple of those names. Some of them have been in the UFC. Some of them are striving to get to the UFC. Either way, another great feeder organization kicking off Friday evening with a fun card. Then we come to Saturday, which is the piece de resistance, the names that we come to talk to, talk about rather, uh, the Marquis, the UFC, UFC Vegas 84 kicking off at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time with those prelims. But that being said, this is the point in the podcast where if you've been watching combat sports as long as some of us have, you inadvertently develop a set of blinders and you start to learn what you like and when it comes on and where to find it. And inevitably, you can lose the forest for the trees, as it were. Luckily for us, though, here on the podcast, we have ourselves a bona fide young person that just gets out there and fingers the pulse of the MMA world ever so delicately to keep us abreast of all the names that aren't names yet before they're going to be named so we know what the names are to watch for in a little segment we call Slows, Cans, and Contenders. Appreciate you, brother. So there's a few contenders I'm looking out for this weekend. Some young kids that I think have some serious potential, but... Let's start out with the cans. Man, Nicholas Moda and Manel Cop. Those are two dudes that just absolutely have to throw in the trash can. Manel Cop's just an absolute piece of shit. Even if the dude's got some semblance as a fighter, 
You know, he's just a horrible fucking person. And I'd love to see him get laid out this weekend. Nicholas Moto's just looked like shit since he got in the UFC. And he's fighting somebody I think is, you know, a contender. And Tom Nolan, I think. That kid is going to put him out and just continue to show he doesn't fucking deserve to be there. And a couple of fights that I'm kind of throwing in the can. Andre Orlovsky versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. I'm not looking forward to that fight. That feels like the walrus slap fight on the heavyweight side of things. Acosta just hasn't shown shit. He surprised the fuck out of me in his last fight actually getting a knockout. But other than that, he hasn't shown much of shit. Orlovsky, you know, he is former champ. Definitely like Hall of Famer, but he he is past his time at this point. So throwing that fight in the can and then the main event. Some people may be like, oh, what the hell? You're crazy. No, none of us really wanted the main event whenever it wasn't a main event. Now they fucking made it a main event to start us off on the year. Like Johnny Walker versus Magomed Uncle Live. This fight means nothing. It does nothing. They they got Yuri Prohoshka and Alexander Rockage fighting here in a couple of months. That's like a fight that truly means something. They're talking about giving Jamal Hill the title shot when he's healthy and comes back. So this fight means absolutely nothing. They didn't need to fucking rebook this fight. It was shitty how the fight ended in the first place. None of us were excited about it in the first place. It is what it is. That's what I got for the cans. I got uh, the coin phrase that meters created, the Schrodinger's can tender. Again, you know, semi the Jedi. You know, Matt, Matthew Simmelsberger. He's just like the, the definition of it. Meters brought it up almost every time we've talked about the guy in the past two years. I'd love to say he's a contender because he has a hell of a lot of potential and we like him. Like he, he goes, he's a get or get got guy, right? He goes out there, he puts it on his shield. He fucking gets his ass whooped or he whoops some ass. Hopefully he starts stringing it together and whooping some ass. That's what we've been saying the past couple goes though. That doesn't look so good for him. He keeps losing. He's leaning more towards the king. So, you know, I got him right there in the middle still. He's the Schrodinger's contender. He's, you can go either way. We want him to go up, but, you know, it's all for him. He's got an easy one this time around. So hopefully, you know, he looks pretty good this weekend. So the contender side of things, uh, Meter touched on it. Maybe fucking short notice, Joshua Van. This kid's young, 22 years old. Fucking exciting flyweight. A lot of finishing potential. Finished every single fight in his pro career before he got to the UFC. He hasn't gotten a finish yet in the UFC, but one of his first couple goes. Kids looked really fucking good, taking a fight on short notice. Definitely looking forward to him. Uh, and then I got the other young kid, lightweight, Tom Nolan, 23-year-old, 6-0, and four fucking knockouts. Got a crazy knockout on the Contender Series last August. Looking forward to this kid. and Love to see him knock out Nicholas Moda. Probably going to fucking happen. Yeah, Marcus McGee, he, he's not so young, but I'm still excited. You know, his first couple of fights in the UFC, he's gotten a finish. Every win so far, he's gotten a finish. So, see where this kid keeps going. 
And then like a, a fight. I mean, somebody that's kind of on the fence for me too, like Semi the Jedi, Fareed Basharat. You know, he's kind of like a, not fully sold on him yet. He only won his first couple fights. Did finish Cledson Rodriguez in his last fight. We'll see where he goes. But um, Ricky Simone versus Mario Batista. Like, that's potential fight of the night for me. So throw that fight in the contender spot because whoever loses that fight, I still feel like will still kind of be there. Has that potential to work their way back in the mix of the rankings and the contenders, if you will. Like, both of these kids are pretty young and extremely fucking talented. And I think this fight has the potential to be like the fight of the night, best fight on the card. Excited as fuck for it. Love to hear what you boys got, though. All right. Now, to temper my excitement that I had about a card coming up this weekend, this is the card that nobody asked for. As a fucking whole. Look, this is not how you bring in the new year. I don't give a shit how close you are to UFC 300. This is not the card you open with. Even a UFC fight night card. The main event can fucking as a whole. Magma Alive and Johnny Walker part do. Nobody gives a shit. This is the rematch nobody wants to see. Nobody gives two flying fucks about either one of them. Anybody who does is lying to themselves, lying to the fucking world. That whole fucking card that can fucking tender nonsense right there. That's that's all it is. I'm so frustrated with the fact that we have to watch this nonsense again that I can't fucking get words to come out of my mouth correctly. Uh, if, you, if you've ever been that fucking un- frustrated about something, you'll understand. <laughs> now, there is a shining light in here. One shining light in the entirety of the fucking card. And it's not the fight itself. It's just the person. A fucking 10, Jim Miller. Who will be again fighting at UFC 300. Already fucking confirmed. To know who the opponent is yet, we don't know, but we know he will be fighting for himself and for Dana White. So they, they're guaranteeing he's going to be on the card, which 100, 200, and 300? That's a fucking legacy right there. I don't give a fuck who you are. Oh, um, as far as a can is concerned, top of my list, Andre Arlovsky. Way, 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 way past his prime. I swear to God, I've been banging on this fucking drum for probably five years now. Give it up, man. I fucking loved Andre Arlovsky. In his career as a whole, his career is fantastic. The last five years, absolute shit. Like, the dude shouldn't be in the UFC anymore. They're just using him to fucking bolster fucking numbers for other fighters. That's why Waldo gets a fucking shot at him is because, oh, we need somebody to knock him out. And all Waldo does is look for knockouts because, well, former baseball player from the Dominican Republic only knows how to swing. Doesn't know how to do shit other than take Mexican supplements, allegedly. <laughs> so yes, um, that as a whole, I will agree. The whole fight 
can it. Um, I am on the fence about Matthew Semmelsberger. He's he's the epitome of hot and cold. He's either really good or he's really bad. I really wish we could see some shit strung together from him because the stuff where we've seen him do well, he looks like he could be a force and cause some shakeup in welterweight, but he just can't seem to string it together. I don't know if he needs to change camps or whatever the case may be. So, yes, we will go with the Schrodinger's Cantender and Matthew Simmelsberger there. Um, we don't know. And um, as a whole, I will say most of the prelims are fucking trash. Most of them. There, there are a few fucking few little things in there. Weston Wilson, he's got some fucking possible shine to him. And I say possible... But now he's getting fed an absolute nobody. And you're going to hear about that later from me as well because of the wide fucking odds and you'll know why he's an absolute nobody. So, but as a whole, I'm going to go ahead and say, whole card, cans, not a good card. It's not how I wanted to start my year, but it will do. Whether I like it or not, it's kind of like um, either you eat the gruel or you die of starvation. I have to eat the gruel strongly against my fucking will, <laughs> which I'm sure will be soon enough be let into some big room where they say they're going to give me a shower and gas me out. Because that's how it feels to be a UFC fan. It's fucking terrible right now. They, I swear to God, the news that we've got out of 300 so far, it is lackluster at best for what you would expect for a the 300th fucking pay-per-view. They really better pull some crazy shit out of their fucking ass. They better let Tom Aspinall fight fucking Stipe, fuck Jones, something. Do something crazy to really make it worth my fucking while. Because at this point, starting to lose faith. Since you mentioned that, I heard some sort of rumor, right? Because they haven't like made the announcement that the Zhang versus Zhang Yaonan fight is like the co-main event or the main event. They just said it's going to be the title fight, right? So maybe it, maybe they do three fucking title fights. I heard some rumor they're talking about maybe Bilal and uh, Leon. But that wouldn't be a main event either, right? So I've been theorizing it real hard in my fucking head. The only thing to me, like because of a lot of people being injured, that I would view as main event worthy, Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje for the BMF belt. I can't even call that a main event. Really? You wouldn't be that excited about that? Like, to me, that's... I, I, the, don't get me wrong. I, I would be the I, most excited but, for this year. Like, bar none, give me that and fuck everything else. Yeah, hell yeah. Five rounds of those. I, two I like that fight. I like that fight. Don't get me wrong. But is it UFC 300 main event worthy? I don't no, think No, but nothing. there's really nothing else there. That's just why that is the best option, you know? Like, because they're yeah. not going to fucking do the, the Tom Aspen fucking is fucking up right now. Strip John Jones of the title, because not only is he recovering from the peck, but if you didn't notice in the fucking news, he also went and had an elbow surgery yeah. as well. That's not going to add to his fucking time because they just removed a couple of bone spurs. But the fact remains, 
he's still fucking out. The only active heavyweight right now is goddamn Tom Aspinall. Not even Stipe. Stipe hasn't fought since the PlayStation 1 fucking came out. <laughs> Yet he gets to be next? No, fuck that. I like Stipe. I really do. But when you only want to fight for title fights, you don't get to do that. I don't care if you were the first fucking heavyweight to hold the fucking title for quite a few fights before you got it taken. It doesn't matter at this point. You've lost title fights to Francis. You lost title fights to fucking uh, goddamn DC. You don't get to hold up the fucking rest of the division because you're a cocksucker and want fucking John Jones. No, <laughs> there's a reason why Tom Aspinall has the fucking title right now. And I will call that the legitimate title. It's not a fucking placeholder. Yeah, he, he beat the fuck out of the other best heavyweight in the world right now. Like, he fucking Sergey Pavlovich. He knocked him the fuck out. Yeah. That was like the, it was nothing. He knocked out the boogeyman. He was the boogeyman of the heavyweight division. Anyhow, getting sidetracked from what I was saying. This part of the <laughs> fucking cans. God, it's been a while since we've gone off on a long tangent like that. But yeah, anyhow. I love it. I love so, it. You uh, helped make my segment fantastic, sir. I love it. As a whole, this card is fucking trash. Fuck Manel Cape. I hope Mathless Nicolau fucking just murders him right in the middle of the octagon and we get a legal murder. That would be fucking great. Um, I don't know what else to say other than fuck this card. I really hate it. I really fucking hate it. I'm so <laughs> mad about this fucking card. Not the way you bring in the new year. Fuck you, UFC. You could have put this as the fucking New Year's Eve card and I would have been much happier about that. Because then at least I could have said, well, I got too drunk to pay attention to that stupid fuckery. Now I can't do that because I have shit to do on Sunday. Called fucking shoveling because we're supposed to get a fuck ton of snow. <laughs> fuck this. Well, to try and follow that, <laughs> A... Hashtag John Jones is scared. John, you're a bitch. If you were a real man, you would just agree to unify the fucking belt. This fight doesn't mean shit with Stipe, and we all fucking know it. B, next week you guys congratulate me for my pro pro prophetic mysticism. I'm telling you right now, Dana White's going to announce first thing tomorrow morning that the main event for UFC 300 is going to be Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm at 145 pounds for the ladies' vacant title. If that, that shit happens, said. I'm quitting the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, yes, on Schrodinger's contender, Semi the Jedi in this particular situation is probably one of the better setups he could have because he's facing, for some reason, one of two of Wonder Boy's fucking training partners in fucking Preston Parsons. I don't understand how he got a UFC contract to begin with, but I have to believe that even the worst version of Semi the Jedi could come in and fucking steamroll that clown that we have literally seen eight-year-olds take down on Wonder Boy's YouTube channel. Go watch if you think I'm fucking joking. Uh, but that brings me to the other side. My actual can for this particular card is the other half of that Wonder Boy's Wonder Duo, Weston Wilson. Any potential that guy might have had got squandered when he belly flopped of all belly flops in his fucking debut, looking like an absolute fucking joke with all the Wonder Boy hype that had been heaped on him by that whole fucking South Carolina gym. That blew out the window, so I have 
zero fucking faith in either Weston Wilson or Preston fucking Parsons. Both dudes, weird names, Wonder Boys training partners, both catching fucking L's. That being said, my contender for this week, I am going to uh, ignore the, the low-hanging fruit in the fucking A-10 because we all know he's going to kick ass, take names, and be ready for three fucking hundred. No questions asked. That being said, my can or my contender rather for for this week is the mulleted one himself though i do say mario batista is a very interesting challenger i think ricky simone is the man to beat right now and i agree 100 percent. i think this could and very well will be the fight of the night come saturday i think that's a great fucking matchup for ricky maybe not so much for mario but ricky also needs a good moment to fucking shine and stunting on a guy like mario in a spot like this could be a good one for him Fuck yeah. I appreciate you boys. I appreciate the fucking big ass tangent, TJ. I don't appreciate the bad juju though, meter though. The fucking the Ronda Rousey and Holly Holmes shit. It's just like what fucking Vincent's been talking to me about on the football side of things. Fucking putting juju out there that we're gonna I get Cowboys and Browns Super Bowl. I will quit. I swear to God, we get a Cowboys Brown Super Bowl. We get Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, just like TJ said. I gotta quit both of my favorite loves in sports. I gotta quit football and fights. Also, uh, if that happens, I'm sending a dishwasher repair guy to fucking the meter's house. <laughs> Say that fucking blasphemous shit. Do you do you feel dirty at all? Like do you feel like you've sinned and are going to hell and getting pineapple shoved up your ass backwards? Well, the the, be- the best part is that I, I contemplated realistically for a minute, thinking that it might be Ronda versus Misha for the 145, but... Oh, Misha's God. Oh, man. <laughs> That's worse. That's even worse. Uh, God. Uh. Good God. You know what? I guarantee they're going to try to figure out a way to put Holly Holm on that fucking card, though. It would not surprise me in the least fucking bit. It really wouldn't. My mouth tastes dirty. This is bullshit. (laughs) God damn, I appreciate you, boys. That was a good fucking segment to start the year up. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. So that being said, that'll bring us to the uh, only segment on the show that does require its own individual disclaimer. <clears throat> Tapology.com does not in any way, shape, or form sponsor, support, or endorse the I'm No Joe podcast. Yet. That being said, Tapology.com does offer you the ability to go to their website, create a free account, and make groups for those free accounts. We created one of those groups. It's called I'm No Bookie. All one word or group 965, however you need to find it. Hop on, make yourself an account, join the group, and put your fantasy MMA picks head-to-head with ours. Let us know who the fuck you are so we can hold you accountable. In a little segment, we call Tapology with TJ. All right, well, I'm still trying to get the fucking nasty taste out of my mouth here. Um... I don't think we covered this on our end of year show. So I'm going to go back and cover it. And if we did, fuck it. I'll do it again. We're going to go all the way back to the December 16th card of Edwards Covington. The absolute trash of trash. Just terrible cards. Either way, not as bad as the beginning of the year. Fucking goddamn it. All sorts of flustered about this bullshit. 
Anyhow, to absolutely nobody's fucking surprise, Donna takes the top spot for the last fucking card of the year. Now, to bookshelf that, to absolutely nobody's fucking surprise, Don Rivertour again seemed to steamroll out his own dick going into the new year. Apparently, fucking year of it hasn't been enough. I'm hoping this is his cutoff point where maybe somebody else gets that honor. But, you know, I guess maybe he's trying some new lengthening fucking thing maybe to help in the bedroom. I I, I don't know, man. They, just, they make pills for that, Don. They really do. Let's get it together this year. Let's do a little bit better. Um, as far as um, the group overall, everybody did fairly well. There was only a few of us that were just below the 500 mark on the 12 fight card. But we're going to forget about that because that was last year. We're moving into this year, which that means things can change. Somebody can possibly take over the running of the top spot all year long, possibly. Or we really do need to think about getting a dishwasher or a pair guy hired. Now, on the other side of that, there is one other thing that had to um, come into play here. And that was our Grand Prix. Let me tell you what. That Grand Prix, I skated by by the skin of my fucking teeth because I screwed the pooch on that 296 card. Bad. I was 5 of 12 on that card. But because of a couple of perfects in there, that saved me from dropping to the second spot. So won the Grand Prix overall. We'll see how our next Grand Prix setup goes. And I said earlier, if you're not a member of Tapology.com and in our group, please feel free to go over there and join it. Hop in there. In regards to the Grand Prix, uh, if you are watching this live on Thursday, January 11th, you have three weeks. If you are listening to this in the all audio format, it comes out a week afterwards. So if you're listening to it when it comes out, you have two weeks. The card after UFC 297, the following fight night, will be the first fight card that starts the Spring Grand Prix for the show. Make yourself an account. Join the group. Let us know who you are. There will only be so many places available in the Grand Prix, but there are spots welcome for anybody who wants in. I think we've got, uh, I think a dozen is the, the biggest we can make it or the smallest we can make it right now or something like that. So there are room for a couple people outside of the show. If you're watching this or you're listening to this, you are more than welcome to join. Join the group. Let us know who you are so we can get you an invite sent. Thanks for get up in there. Group nine six five. I'm no bookie. Let us know who you are because I will talk shit about you or commend you when you do well. That's just how that works. Um, but if you do come in and you take Don's spot, be prepared to get fucking thrashed because it's gonna happen. Whoever takes Don's spot as the low man on the totem pole the most this coming year, I think I'm gonna have to start keeping a fucking track of this just so that way we can say who had the most fucking losses all year. Just. That might be fun. Well, maybe I'll have to go make an award and mail it to whoever fucking has the worst fucking showing this year. <laughs> I'm just going to... Yep, you know what? I'm just going to go buy a fucking big black dildo. And whoever steps on their dick the most this year, 
gets that sent to them in the mail as a replacement. Got to run it over a couple times so it's nice and flattened out. That's right. I know guys that work in a construction business. I'm pretty sure I can get one of those fucking cement rollers over here. <laughs> or a fucking compactor, something like that. Anyhow, uh, moving on. We're going to talk about uh, this week's card. The I'll say we're just going to call it this week's card. I'm not going to call it anything else other than, well, I I'll call it this, a, a bookie's nightmare. Because um, with all of the changing that has gone on in the last couple of fucking weeks with fights and things being removed, things being changed up, and giving us just an absolute dumpster fire of a card. Um, there are quite a few on this card where we've got some wide odds. So I'm just going to cover those ones. Um, overall, as per usual, most of them are pretty well coin flips. I'm just going to cover a couple of the ones that are on wider odds on here. Um, so to start with, I'm going to start in the relatively wide odds. I won't call them super wide, but relatively wide. Nicholas Moda, Tom Nolan. That fight, they've got Nolan as a minus 350 favorite and Moda as a plus 270 underdog. Not, not a bad wide, not bad wide at all. Now we're going to skip up a few. And we're going to go by a few, I mean, to the lackluster main event that nobody actually wanted to see Johnny Walker and Magomed and Goliath they've got Walker coming in as a plus 400 underdog to a minus 550 favorite in Magomed and Goliath makes sense Johnny Walker is kind of trash and he tried to fight a fucking referee after their last match so you know there's that now, um, getting into another one of the wide card or wider berths on the card here, this is going to be the premier prelim fight in Andre Arlovsky and Waldo Cortez Acosta. They they have Arlovsky coming in as a plus four seventy five underdog, and Waldo coming in as a minus seven hundred favorite, which makes sense because well. Like I said for the last fucking five years, I can only beat a dead horse so much. Arlovsky needs to retire. He's not the fucking scary guy that he used to be. So those ones make sense. Now, the widest odds on the card here, according to BetMGM, it's going to be Gene Silva and Weston Wilson. They've got Weston Wilson coming in as a plus 675 underdog. We got Gene Silva coming in as a minus eleven hundred favorite. It's according to BetMGM. Now we know this is a last minute replacement fight, but I said previously, um, we've seen people trip over their dick when they come and they make their fucking things, and then you're going to give them the biggest fucking margin on the entire card. Like I said, this is kind of a bookie's nightmare card because. Shit like that can go really south really fucking quick. I'm saying if you're going to bet um on an underdog, Weston Wilson might be the way to go here because you could make some decent fucking money here. Yes, he's a very short notice replacement, but he's also fighting a new fucking fighter to the UFC. 
So this really is a fucking coin flip of a match. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The bright lights make people act differently. Who knows? Weston Wilson might just need that fucking bit of bright light to really pop off. We don't fucking know. Yeah, the rest of the fights on the card, like I said, are fucking coin flips. Minus those four that I mentioned. And even the one that I did mention, not all that fucking wide at the plus 270, minus 350. But they at least do have a couple of wider berths on the cards than what we're used to as of late. So go out there. Make some stupid bets. Make some um smart bets. Make a parlay this weekend. A garbage card like this, right place for a parlay. That's all I'm saying. Oh, also... Honorable mention, they do have Jim Miller listed as the favorite in his fucking fight. So, um, just thought everybody should know that. But if you haven't, tapology.com. Group 965. I'm no bookie. Come join us. Get in on the fun. Let us know who you are. I will either talk trash about you if you do like shit. If you do well, you get an old POB. Good job. Good job. Good job. That's what you'll get out of me. Unless it's too often, then we have to start thinking about dishwasher repair guys coming to your home. Anyhow, that's all I got. Moving along. This fucking bullshit card. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. So, that being said, bullshit card, though it may be, we are officially into the 2024 combat sports season and not as exciting as we would have hoped we do have some fights this weekend so on this ufc card i do want to take just a little bit of time here before we call it an evening and uh sort of pick through the bones as it were of this uh first scrap set that the ufc is tossing us for the year uh, i know it's not glorious but i know that there are a few interesting fights on here that folks could be tuned in for so i'm curious if you boys have a fight that might be sliding under the radar amidst the pile of shit that is something that folks could get excited for for this weekend i'm gonna quote south park here <laughs> you're asking me to choose between a giant douche and a turd sandwich there really is not a whole lot that I'm looking forward to on this car other than watching Jim Miller. Don't get me wrong. Ricky Simone, the power of the mullet, does always fucking pique my interest. But that's not the reason I would tune in. I'm going to tune in because I love MMA. But there's nothing I'm excited about this on. I, I mean, there's nothing that flies under the radar that says, oh my God. Other than maybe... Will Joshua Van finally get his first fucking finish in the UFC over Felipe Boons? But as a whole, this card does not throw excitement my way. It really doesn't. The fucking co-main event is trash. The main event is trash. Like the people's the people's fucking main event here. I'm calling probably my favorite fight on the card, and that's only because of A10. Not to mention. If you were paying attention to his fucking, uh, let's say just his Instagram this week, he's pulling his kid, his 12-year-old, out of the fucking snow because he doesn't know how to fucking drive. So, I mean, the dude's, the dude's just a fucking, he's just a normal everyday dude that just so happens to be a fucking amazing fighter. So, 
what's not to love about the guy? Not to mention he's fought at UFC 100, 200, and soon to be 300. So that, that's it. Those two, the, the Bantamweight fight between Ricky Simone and Mauro Batista and then just Jim Miller. Um, I don't give a shit about Gabriel Batista. Fucking I totally agree with TJ there. I'm looking forward to seeing Jim Miller. I definitely think that's going to be one of the better fights on the card. Ricky Simone and Marty Batista. I think that the bandweight fight between Fareed Basharat and Taylor Lapolis has a chance. You know, Lapolis looked pretty good in Paris in September, making his debut. We'll see how those two young guys can do there's potential there but tom nolan you know like if i had a specific young kid you know i like joshua van again tj touched on him this tom nolan kid i like seeing knockouts and i I think he's got some special fucking knockout ability we don't see a lot of that at the lightweight division so that's another interesting thing I mean, that, there's there's not a lot. TJ's not lying. It's not easy to sit here and try to hype shit up this week and tell people, hey, you're going to see some really cool shit. Right. Yeah, no. There's this, a couple weekend, of young kids I'm excited about. This weekend doesn't have a lot of fights to be excited about. It does have a lot of fights, though. Uh, probably the one that we haven't mentioned that I am curious about just because I'm very open about it. I'm a petty motherfucker, and I want to see if people flunk or fucking pass when we give them the final fucking stretch. And I feel like this might be the last test Philip Hawes is going to fucking get. Uh, Bruno Ferreira is a very, very green behind the ears, fucking young up-and-coming Brazilian knockout monster with very, very little experience. And you can watch what little ring time he has so far and see that he is still very rough around the edges. Dude still has a lot of work to go, but he's one of those, when he connects, it's done. Phil Hawes, we've seen him have some moments of shine, but we've seen him have a lot more moments of getting fucking caught. And I feel like he's on the back nine of his UFC tenure here. And if he goes out there this weekend and manages to pull one out of his ass, he might be around for a little bit longer, but I feel like if he goes out this weekend and he lays an egg and he lets Ferreira fucking steamroll him, this very well could be the last time we see Phil Haas in the UFC. And I'm interested to see how that shakes loose. If he does show up, Phil Haas is a wrestling fucking machine and he will sap the gas tank of Ferreira and make that fight no fucking fun for him at all. On the other side of things, if he does like he does more often than not and comes in with his fucking hands wide, his chin wide open, and his head on the fucking center line, we're going to see Ferreira turn him into a fucking highlight reel and then see him get walking papers, I think. But I, I am inclined to agree. Outside of that, uh, the the magic of the mullet against Batista and then A-10 versus what could be Mowgli Benitez, there's not really a lot else to be excited about. Matthias Nicolau, I feel like... He's still young. He's got potential to to grow and to evolve a little bit, but I don't feel like he's got much room. I feel like he's kind of close to, if not hitting his ceiling. Manel Cop, I feel like we've already seen the best he's got to fucking offer. And I think even though we've seen the ceiling for Nikolau, I think it's still higher than what Cap is fucking capable of. And I hope he shuts that loud mouth fucking moron up this weekend. But 
again, the the main event is the fight that no one asked for to begin with and absolutely no one wanted the rematch of, Ankalaya versus Walker. There is the tiniest, and I do mean the tiniest potential, this fight could be somewhat interesting, but that would require two things. Johnny Walker to develop an understanding of fighting and Magomed Ankalaev to develop a sense of urgency. And I don't think either one of those things have happened since the last time we saw them fight. So I feel like there might be some moments on this card, but I feel like overall, this is going to be one that's going to be more background noise than attention grabbing. That kind of sucks. But if you've been around for a while, that's also kind of par for the course, because even though it is the first card of the year, in the sense of our colloquial judgment here, this is also what we refer to as a hangover card. The cards before or after a UFC pay-per-view card are generally where they stick more of the contractual obligation fights than the big interest grabbing fights. And this, although it is the first of the year and they should be using it to grab everyone's attention, is also a hangover card. And you can very much feel that vibe in some of the fights like we talked about here. But that being said, it is the first weekend of combat sports. We do have fights to look forward to this weekend. So hopefully we've given you a little something to look forward to. That is all we've got for the fight world this weekend. But that being said, that's not the end of things. Uh, tomorrow, pretty much every Friday, that gentleman right no, over there. There we go over there. And his other half put on their very own podcast as well. The Slow Bake and Contemplate podcast over there on Spreaker.com. Links for their podcast and their social media are down in the description as well. Appreciate it, brother. Once we swing around back to next week, best day of the week, fucking hump day. You got to make sure you show the brother TJ some love every Wednesday night around 930. Didn't get on last week, or I mean this week, you know, he didn't feel up for it, but he, he promised he'll be going live again this week. So every Wednesday night, catch him around 9.30, the Foggy Fairway on Golf Tee Vapes YouTube channel. Learn some fucking recipes and some cool little tips and tricks about your vape setup and shit like that. She'll have a good time. Show the brother some love every Wednesday night. Thanks, sir. Appreciate you. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, when you have a shit card of a weekend, there's a guy here by the name of Meter. He does many things to keep you entertained. In fact, Meter does do many things. So, if you go below because you're bored with the fuckery that is this weekend's UFC card, Go to Linktree slash The Meter Does Many Things. That will take you to all of the many things The Meter Does do in order to fill that void of actual decent fights. You'll have something enjoyable to watch at least. I'm just saying, go click the link below. Much appreciated, sir. Thank you very much. So for those of you who don't know, uh, we do this pretty much every Thursday night that there are fights to talk about live over on youtube.com slash I'm no Joe. Fun doesn't end there, though, because if you can't catch us live, I put the all audio version out a week after it goes live on anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe. From there, you can pick it up in your, uh, excuse me, your audio podcast consumption platform of choice. We're everywhere. Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're out there. You can catch us through there. Uh, if you like what we get up to around here and you want to help us out, 
patreon.com slash I'm no Joe for as little as $1 a month. You get your name as a thank you on the end of every broadcast this channel does. And it helps us do what we do as well as that it gets you on, excuse me, unfettered access to the unaired and unairable backstage and behind the scenes content here on the channel as well. You ain't got a buck. No worries. We do it for free just the same. But if you like what we do, We'd appreciate a thumbs up on whatever platform you're picking this up on and make sure you are subscribed and you've got your notifications turned on so you don't miss an episode. The other side of that coin, if you don't like what we get up to, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you didn't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that is all we've got for this particular episode. If you made it this deep into the show, thank you very much. We appreciate you. That's all for tonight. So remember, boys and girls, until next time, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Good job.